How many of you know someone like this that's big talk but small game? Does any, anybody, I'm, I'm pointing. Does anyone know? Anybody? Anybody know someone who's big talk, small game? Yeah. And so in the world of sports, right, um, you have big talk when you try to talk trash to your opponent and you try to make a statement with your mouth, but then you, when you get on the court or on the field, um, your play forgets that your mouth made a statement and so your play can't back the statement that your mouth made, right? Um, this also happens in our friendships. How many of you have a friend who's had some big talk when it came to your friendships, but then small game when it came to whether they were really a good friend or not? Yeah? Yeah? Um, what about um, this happens with you too as a friend, believe it or not. So how many of you have had big talk as a friend, and then when your friend needed you, if you were being honest, you had small game as a friend? You didn't really show up for your friend in that way. Um, what about in, with your parents, right? This should be really fun because some of your parents are in this room. But how many of your parents have talked really big talk about a vacation, about a trip, talked really big talk, right? Or watch this. How many of your parents have talked really big talk about a punishment that you were going to get? And then when it was delivered, you were like, man, that was small game, mom. That was small game, dad. Yeah. All right, well, let's, let's flip the script, right, as children. How many of us have made big talk when it came to our commitments to listen to our parents or to keep our room clean? Right? Uh-huh. Or to do our homework on time. And then when it comes time to cash in or deliver, right, we find out we're actually small game. Yeah. Hey, um, but this, this is true, right? This statement, big talk, small game. This, sta this statement, big talk, small game, is also true in our spiritual life. Like a lot of times we, we talk to God with, with really big talk. Like, God, I'll, I'll never make that mistake again. God, I'll never, I'll never try to do that again. God, this, God, that. And when it comes down to it, we find out we're small game. And we don't really deliver on what our talk is. If we're going to take the next step in this series on wisdom, which is not just knowing the facts, right? Because if you know the facts, if you know what, why, how, when, where, if you know all of that, but, and you know what you should do, but you don't actually do it, that just makes you smart. That doesn't make you wise. If you know what you should do, but you don't actually do it, that just makes you informed. That just makes you aware but if you don't do it, you're not really being wise. And so what wise is being wise is all about is application, is applying the knowledge and the wisdom that you hear about what you should do. That's what makes you wise. And so we're going to take the next step um, from the wise apply to this idea that we all have a vision of what we want our life to be like. Is that true? And so we all have um, an idea of what we want to be able to say at the end of our lives that we have. And for most of us, like all of that word can be summarized in this one word, success, right? 
Like most of us would say at the end of our life, I want to be successful. But culture says success is a lot of different things. Culture says success is having a lot of money in your bank account. Isn't that the message you hear sometimes? That if you're going to be successful, you have to be wealthy. Um, What about this? Culture says if you want to be successful, you have to have a family. You have to be married to Mr. Perfect. You have to be married to the trophy wife. Right? You have to win five Super Bowls. Right? If you want to be successful, you have to have uh, four kids two years apart of a different gender alternating. Like you have to have this picture perfect end to your life. Maybe that's what culture says success looks like. Maybe for you um, and our generation, we know that your generation and that my generation, we want to be able to leave the world in a better way than when we left it. We want to be able to leave the world in a better way than when we experienced it while we were living. We want to be able to say we made an impact. That maybe you would say you're successful if you were to be able to change the world somehow through an invention or through some kind of nonprofit organization that dug wells in Africa or something like that. And maybe that would, that would say that you're successful. That's what culture is saying all of these different ways of being successful are. But the truth is, we all have incredible, desirable, preferable outcomes for our future. And all of these outcomes that we want, all of these preferences that we would have at the end of our life, it can all be summarized in this one word, goals. Goals. You have goals for your life. I have goals for my life. And the measure of success isn't necessarily wealth or having a picture-perfect family or doing something to change the world. The measure of success, truthfully, is just whether or not you accomplished the goals that you have set for your life. That's what success really is. And so having a vision for your life setting all these different goals for your life, that's easy. Would you agree? Setting goals is the easy part. But actually taking next steps and doing the work required to achieve them is hard. And so I just have a question for you that kind of describes this tension. What makes working towards our goals so much harder than talking about them? What makes working for our goals so much harder than talking about them? And I think if you and I were to have a sit-down conversation over coffee or hot chocolate if you don't drink coffee or if you don't do chocolate, you know, milk, <laughs> um, whatever, whatever the case may be, if, if we're having a conversation and you were to let, you were to say all of your goals from, for your life, all, if you were to lay them all out on paper, Why is it hard to actually achieve them? Why is it harder to achieve them than than to just talk about them? And I think some of those reasons are this right here. Number one, that if we're just being honest, they don't feel that possible. That maybe a goal that you have for your life, it just honestly feels out of reach. It feels like the cards that you have been dealt in your life don't allow you to have the pre, like, 
the, the preparation necessary or the cards necessary to achieve that goals. And some of you already feel, may already feel this tension that the goals you have for your life are inaccessible to you because they are simply out of your reach. They're beyond your capacity. Maybe another one of those reasons is because doing the work to achieve the goal is not fun. I think a lot of people would say that they have a goal to be physically fit or at least healthy. Maybe some of you have a goal to be chiseled and shredded and jacked and have that sun, um, sun fit summer bod, right? Maybe that's a realistic goal that you have. But, if, but once you find out you have to eat right and go to the gym regularly and say no to cupcakes and say no to Oreos, then it changes the game, right? It becomes not fun. Maybe that's a reason why you don't pursue your goals. Maybe another reason you don't pursue your goals is because you're scared to fail. How many of you have ever said or, or not pursued something you wanted to pursue or pursued a goal you wanted to pursue because you were scared to fail? Yeah. Yeah. And, and let's just be real about this one, this last one. Maybe you know the goals you want to pursue in your life, and maybe you know that it's possible for you to achieve them, and you're really not scared of failing, but if you were being honest with me, you just don't know where to start on how to pursue that goal. You're just looking for clarity on how to take your next step. And for all of us, I think we all can say we have something in common when it comes to having goals in our life and experiencing the tension that prevents us from pursuing those goals. And Solomon, who wrote the book of Proverbs, is the wisest man who ever lived, and he wrote this proverb and he wrote it to you and to me and to everyone who would read it because he wants to share something with you and me about goals, about what's essential to help them become accomplished and what may not actually help. So let's read this verse together. It's Proverbs 14, 23. It says this, work brings profit, but mere talk leads to poverty. It says work brings profit, but mere talk leads to poverty. And so I just have a question, what is work? I mean, is it your job? Or is it just the place where you make money so that you can fill your truck with gas, Carson, right? <laughs> um, yeah, that's real. That's real life. Um, here's one definition of work, and I think it's helpful. Activity involving mental or physical effort done in order to achieve a purpose or a result. And if you take a look at this definition, what do you see uh, highlighted? Joe, can you put that definition of work up there, man? Yeah, so check this out. Activity involving mental or physical what? Done in order to what? A purpose or a result. What this is saying is that work is the bridge, listen, listen, work is the bridge between what you want and what you get. Work is the bridge between what you want and what you get. If you have a goal in mind and you're willing to work towards it, you might get it. If you have a goal in mind but you're not willing to work towards it, you'll never get it. I like this definition. This is more along the line of physics. This is how a physician or a scientist would describe work. 
Work is the exertion of force, overcoming resistance or producing change. And so maybe some of you say that you feel like you're working towards your goals, but really, are you? Like, are you experiencing resistance? Are you experiencing change? Or are you just talking about it? I've asked this question before, but if you want to be closer in your relationship with God at the end of your life than you are right now, will you just raise your hand? That means we all have that pretty much in common. So what I'm asking you is, are you all talk? Are you big talk? Small game? Or are you big talk? Big work. Big talk, hard work. Because work produces profit, this proverb says. And profit doesn't just mean financial success or having more in your bank account. What this word is trying to communicate is that work produces success. And success is simply being able to achieve your goals. Success is simply being able to achieve your goals. Every single one of you want or every single one of you have goals, and every single one of you would say that at the end of my life, I want it to look this way, which means that, look at me, every single one of you wants success. Is that true or not? Every single one of us want to be able to say that we've accomplished the goals that we have in mind. But there's this thing called talk, right? And we talk about our goals a lot. If you're on the football field, you talk about how you want to win a game. If you are an incredible gymnast, right, like um, Reed over here, you talk about how you want to be able to um, improve your skill. If you're a good musician like Boyd, you talk about how you want to become a better musician and how you might want to be in a band someday and tour the world and change the world through the power of the music that you play. If you are Someone who wants to be able to say that you have a goal in mind, it's easy to talk about it. But dial in, dial in, focus right here. But what is talk? Talk is empty words. It's false promises. It's broken commitments. And it's not being able to change. It's not seeing change. And I bring this up because big talk is kind of like this. It's the guy who has a gym membership because he wants to get healthy but sits on his couch all day. And maybe I could take a lesson from that, right? It's the guy who, uh, it's the guy or the girl who says they want to go to a really good school. They want to go to a really good college. They want to be a nurse or they want to be a doctor, but they're not willing to put in the effort now. It's, it's the person who says they want to be a really, really good father to their kids one day. It's the dad who says, or the, the person who says, I want to be a really good husband or I want to be a really good wife. But when they're actually married and when they actually have children, they are absent from their family. It's the friend who says, I want to be a good friend. I want a good friend. I'll be there for you. I'll never leave your side. I'll be your ride or die. And then when moments get hard, they're not there. It's the Christian who says, God, I'll give you my life. 
and I'll build my life on your truth and I'll surrender my whole life to you, Jesus. But when it comes down to it, you're just not. And so my question to you is, are you just all talk? Or are you willing to put in the work? Because this proverb says, work brings profit, but mere talk leads to poverty. That means that if you're just big talk, that what, what's going to land is failure. Poverty doesn't mean having nothing in. It's not just talking about not having money. It's talking about failure here. Not being able to achieve your goals and, and, and get your goals and see them become a reality. It means no progress. Leaving you unfulfilled. I talked to one of you and one of you asked this question to me last week. They said, hey, Matt, I'm just not happy, dude. What's happiness? How many of you have ever wondered that question? I'm just not happy. What's happiness? I'm telling you right now, when we begin to live life the way God designed us to live, the way that he has created and designed for us to live in such a way where we can experience the joy of the Lord that will lead us, leave us more fulfilled and satisfied and happy than ever before. But listen, happiness in its basic definition to me, would be the satisfaction and the fulfillment of being able to say, I had a goal in mind, and I worked for it, and I achieved it. And ultimately, the goal of the Christian life is this, that when you make a decision to follow Jesus, look at me, focus real quick, that when you and I make a decision to follow Jesus with our life, the goal of being a Christian is to become more like Jesus, more like Christ. And if that's our goal, my question to you is, are you willing to put in the work to become more like him? And before you get discouraged and think, well, Matt, I'm not perfect. Like, I can't do all this on my own. You do realize that when you become a believer, when you follow Jesus with your life, he fills you with his Holy Spirit. And his Holy Spirit enables you to obey and to follow him. All you have to do is make the choice to do it. You don't have to muster up the inner strength to be able to choose to follow him and to obey him. The spirit will provide the power in you to be able to do so. You just have to make the choice to do it. If we want the benefits of hard work, then hard work needs to happen. And that requires ownership. Because the end that you want tomorrow is connected to what you do today. And if you want to look more like Jesus at the end of your life than you look now, that's going to require you to make some choices now that help you look more like Jesus on the road to tomorrow. If you want to be a good husband down the road, that's going to require you to make choices now that will set you up for marital success tomorrow. If you want to be a good mother, you have to start making choices now that will help you become a good mother tomorrow. 
If you want to be a doctor, whatever in your career, if you want that type of success, you have to start making decisions now that set you up for that type of career tomorrow. And I'm telling you right now, the reason you and I aren't willing to do that is because it requires hard work. And I'm telling you that if you are willing to embrace ownership, if you are willing to take responsibility for your decisions in your own life, it will change the way that you see hard work because success only comes through hard work because it's the bridge between what you want and what you get. So here's three things, and, and I'm, I'm wrapping up. Here's the practical application for this. We need to have the right kind of vision we need to set our sights in the proper direction. And the Bible says this in another proverb. Listen to this. That the fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. And so the question I want to ask you is this. Do your goals honor God? Or do your goals honor you? Do your goals honor God? Or are you trying to live and set your goals and priorities just to please your parents? Do your goals honor God or are you trying to set your goals and priorities just to please your boyfriend or girlfriend? Do your goals honor God or are you just trying to set yourself up for financial success because you want to look good and you want to be famous? Because this proverb says that the foundation of wisdom, the foundation of being able to achieve anything that matters is fearing the Lord, not out of being afraid of him, but being respectful and reverent for him and, and recognizing who God is and who we aren't. The second thing that we can do is learn from others. You see, even in our brightest moments, we see things from such a narrow perspective. But when we learn from others, if we are willing to learn from others, we will see things and make choices from a greater perspective. This proverb says this, Proverbs 15 says this, plans go wrong for lack of advice. You and I can have all the most incredible goals and make all the biggest plans, but everything can go wrong because of why? Lack of what? Advice. Because even in our brightest moments, we don't see things clearly all the time. And then this verse has a second part. It says this, but many advisors bring what? That means that many advisors, when you surround yourself with friends and family and adults who care about you and who are invested in you and truly want what's best for you, and you present your life to them, you present your goals to them, you are vulnerable with them and open up to them, when you listen to what they have to say, you might learn something from them that will grow your perspective so that you can make a more wise decision that will help you achieve success. The third thing we can do is to own our growth. Own our growth. Something incredible happens when you begin to take responsibility for your life. The tension between adolescence is my mom and dad are caring for me and I'm caring for myself. 
And what I'm asking you to do is not to talk about care as much with this when it comes to owning your growth, but responsibility. Your mom and dad aren't responsible for your choices. Your mom and dad and your friends aren't responsible for the choices that you make. At the end of your life, you can't blame mom and dad for your decisions. You made them. Every bad decision you and I have ever made has one common thing, us. That also means that every good decision in our life has one common thing, us. And when you begin to take responsibility with your choices and set your own goals, don't let your mom and dad set your goals. Don't let your friends set your goals. You build your life on the foundation of fearing God. You let God inform your goals. And when you set your goals on the foundation of God and you are willing to learn from others, and you're willing to take responsibility for your own actions, you might experience success. And a lot of you will say, like, man, Matt, this Bible thing is just boring, dude. And if I'm being honest, I don't hear anything practical um, when I hear the Bible. But there, this, this is so practical, it's in your face. Because the Bible is literally telling you that if you want your life to matter at the end of it, Do these things. I want to share this last quote and then I'll wrap up. Francis Chan says this. Our greatest fear should not be of failure, but of succeeding at things in life that don't really matter. And so maybe you're scared to actually take next steps on your goals because you're scared of failing. Or look at me, maybe you know that some of your goals are just flat wrong because they don't involve honoring God, they involve honoring yourself and other people. What I'm telling you is that at the end of your life, what's gonna really matter most? And Solomon, this wisest guy, he would say what matters most is building your foundation on God. That's what matters most. And if you build your life on that foundation, at the end of your life, your success will matter. Because we shouldn't be afraid of failure. But if we succeed at everything that doesn't matter anyway, then we didn't really experience much success, did we? So, God, I ask that you would speak to us as we go um, to small group. God, I ask that you would help us to be transparent and vulnerable, that you would help us to, um, to share and talk about our, our goals realistically. In Jesus' name, amen.